This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Yes, it is. Mackie and Judd with Rami. I'm the Rami portion of that equation, along with Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Jonathan Harrison, other side of the glass. We'll check in with Jason Stark of The Athletic and Stadium TV, talk some baseball, talk some twins with him at 420. In other news at 520, and of course, we wrap with Royce as we do every day at 540. And we have so much twins baseball to talk about today, yeah. guys. They just completed the two-game sweep at the Kansas City Royals. Did you guys, did you hear that? Hear what? Did you hear just what? Hold on, oh. that down for a second? Did you, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. I just thought, thought I heard something in the back. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Boy, four and one. Mm-hmm. Can I uh, tell you how much I love this team after the last two days? Please do. Just gleeful about this team. Please tell us all about it. Because this team hasn't had gravitas in years. Judd and I have watched this team. And I'm glad that your first experience daily with this team is a team that has a little bit of, that has some grapefruits, right? Right. Like my favorite part about this game today, and and the Twins probably... By the way, I'm taking credit for this. Oh, really? Yeah, I brought this with me to Minnesota. Yeah, The general vibe. Yeah, it just rubbed off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, uh, they probably should have lost both these games, and previous Twins teams would have certainly lost both these these games. My favorite part about today's game was Eddie Rosario... Clowning that relief pitcher for Kansas City. Did you guys see this? So it was a, it was a three ball count, and uh, let me find the name of this pitcher just to give him proper credit. His name proper is Tim, credit for Tim getting, Hill. getting clowned. Tim Hill. So some dude who's made <laughs> which like, is the state of Kansas City's bullpen. Yeah, so or starters. Tim Hill. He's made about seventy appearances in the major leagues. He's twenty eight years old, and old Tim Hill was facing a a three ball count. Eddie Rosario, and so Rosario. Ball comes out of Tim Hill's hand, and Rosario drops his bat and walks to first base. <laughs> Not an intentional walk, but and it was a ball off the plate. It was Rosario's way of saying, "You ain't throwing a strike to me on a three ball count." I think it was like three and one or three and zero. Oh. He gets to first base. They take Tim Hill out of the game, and then and then because first base is next to the Royals dugout, they're chirping back and forth. And I'm thinking, yes, this this has lacked. The Twins have not had this. They haven't. They haven't been good with grapefruits at the same time in years. Even the team two years ago was like, ah, it's, yeah, it's some young guys and a couple veterans well, here and there. I don't think for there, there's been there was a while here too where I think it was very much discouraged to show that right. Like the twins didn't do it that way. We're classier than that. This is more fun. This is more fun. And uh, yeah, now now you would be surprised to know though that your your twins buddy. Derek Wetmore didn't like Rosario's uh, 
move last night going around third base, scoring from first base. Well, that's but that's a strategic debate. You can a, like I, no, I know, but but again, but that goes to what you're talking about, which is one. I think it was a smart play. Yeah, but two. I like the confidence in saying, "Yeah, I'll beat this." It fits in with what I'm saying. Sort yes. of like this team. He's Rosario's. He scored from first. I like that we we get to recap two Twins games today because there's been two Twins games since the last time we uh, we took the microphones. Um, and and he comes. He scores from first base on the single to left field, and he comes around for people who didn't see it last night. Comes around third base, kind of slowly, baits the left fielder into lobbing one to the cutoff man at short, and then sprints for home plate. And Derek, I think Derek's debate is, okay, if you do that 10 times, you're out five. Is it really worth it? But for my narrative of this team has a little something extra to it, I love it. Yeah, I love everything about the first week of the twin season. Yeah, and my point to Derek was if if you're if you're pressing them into having to make a perfect play and a perfect play from from the outfield, so that's going to take a perfect throw from the outfielder, the cutoff man to receive it perfectly, and then pull off a perfect pivot and throw to home plate. And on top of that, you're making him second guess and double pump with your little stutter step deke around around third base. I, I don't think he's out more times than not. I think he's safe more times than not in that situation. And I'll take the few outs that you do get when when he's aggressive in those types of situations. There was There was just one out, and it would have been men on first and third, so I get where Derek is coming from. He probably scores anyways if he stops at third, just yeah. by the law of probabilities. But I, I, I don't mind him securing that run there and pressing the Royals to make a perfect play, especially when you consider that it's the Royals and the state of the Royals right now. They're a disaster. They're but, awful. But, but, oh, they're awful. But do, yeah, they're bad. do what you have to. But that's fine. The, team. Like, score the, division, yeah. the division stinks. So so I, I'm not a big fan of playing those teams 19 times a piece as, as a fan of baseball. I'd prefer to see different teams. But if you're the twins, beat them up. Yeah. That's fine. But Rosario and Astadio, here, here's what I like. I like the fact that, to Phil's point, this team shows confidence. They're not necessarily e- even being arrogant, but there's a confidence there. And, and it doesn't feel, and it did for a long time, it doesn't feel like anyone's trying to stifle that. Like, oh, no, we don't do it that way. No, we're class. We win classy. Well, well it's 2019. Have some fun. Hmm? Have some fun. fun with it. I got to admit, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of Blake Parker with the Angels, and I didn't watch a lot of Blake Parker in spring training. Just ducked in and out. And spring training games aren't super intense, right? So that that guy, you want to talk about quirky and so the like the oh the machinations and yeah. yeah whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. He also has some sinking stuff that there's like two or three different velocities of sinking stuff that drops off a table. And and he came in, got the final out for for the the save today. He also uh, pitched the full inning last night. And if you guys did, you guys see the look on Alex Gordon's face last night when Blake Parker threw one of those? It's like he rolled a pitch up at eighty eight miles an hour, and it just fell off the table. And Alex Gordon, there was like there was two or three of these swings. One was Alex Gordon. There's a couple others where they would commit halfway to a swing and then and then like stop flail. their swing but flail the yeah. rest of it. And they showed a close-up of Alice Gordon, and he looked back at the catcher, and he kind of looked at the camera inadvertently and was like, his eyes got all wide, <laughs> like, what was, what was that pitch? And I, so some people might say, well, why would they pull Trevor May with nobody on and two outs in the ninth inning? And I look at that, and I say two things. Number one, I love that they don't give a rip about, they're not managing a bullpen to saves anymore. They're just making, and they're not, they're not doing it to be grandiose. 
They brought in Blake Parker because they thought his stuff played better against, was it Alex Gordon to end the game too today? Yeah, yes. Against Alex Gordon. Yep. And it doesn't, like, in previous years with the Twins and around Major League Baseball, well, well this league. is our closer. And he's going to, even if it was a bad matchup, yep. and the Twins said, no, this, we're not, we don't care who gets the save. We want the best pitcher against that hitter. Yes. It's the same thing. Yes. Pineda on su- Sunday, there were a bunch of folks who were, I, how can, give him one more. Because what, he, he was at 40, 40 pitches? Yeah. 40 plus pitches. There were a lot of people who, I wouldn't say that they were upset, but they were saying, well, why don't you give him the fifth? And baseball today, we, in fact, we just need to come to the realization baseball doesn't care about that, which is fine, which goes back to the discussion that we had last year, which is ideally start to change the rules. Change the win rule. Well, or just get... Well, what, just, whatever, just, but you like, don't... Get rid of the win. Stop yeah, referring but, to it. But, like, Stupid. we, we yeah. get so fixated. Baseball has, has moved on, right? So they've gone in a different direction, which yeah. is absolutely fine, but it's fans who still get fixated on, well, if you had, just give them one more, he would have gotten a win, and they no one else really cares. But it's the players, too. Because for years, closers have gotten paid on saves. And for years, starters have gotten paid on wins. And that is still something that's looked at and factored in when these guys go to arbitration or when they go into negotiations. For whatever reason, even though we're sitting here today saying wins don't matter and we know most baseball teams know that wins don't matter when it comes to a starting pitcher for the most part, it's still relevant when it comes to contract negotiations and arbitration. I think the players' union... Would would fight the hardest to to keep wins as a statistic because that's how pitchers are still somehow measured when yeah. it comes to getting paid. Yeah, you know the just back to the bullpen for a second too. The the biggest concern going into the year, I, well, I think it was pitching in general. So starting pitching was in that mix for sure. But looking at that bullpen and saying, ah, there's not a lot of established dudes out there, and Blake Parker feels like a scrap heap signing, and you know Trevor May, okay, he came off Tommy John surgery last year, and like people just flat out didn't watch Taylor Rogers in the second half of the season. That's fine, but and Williams Astadio is giving a, an interview right Rob now. Is very Fox excited. Sports North, a couple double plays grounded into, but he also has like six hits and nine at like bats to start hits, yeah. the season. He also yeah. got a single, and his helmet went flying off his head before he took a step <laughs> out yeah. of the batter's box. So that's a Williams Astadio statistic, I think. But after you guys, <laughs> well, I know it's only been five games here, so we've we've only seen the bullpen for like a week. Do you feel better about the bullpen now that you've seen, okay, Taylor Rogers has clearly carried over some of that stuff from last year. I see now why they signed Blake Parker, just watching his stuff play against some of these hitters. And Trevor Mays always had a ton of potential as a big strikeout guy. I see why they were a little bit hesitant to go out and just bring in a bunch a bunch more Addison Reeds, right? Well, that blew up in their face. Why would we go sign a bunch of Addison Reeds when Taylor Rogers is the answer? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I I like the way that they've gone gone about business, and I like that they 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 feel like they have things here that can be unlocked and tapped into in some of the players that they already have through things that they weren't doing before. You've talked time and time again, Phil, about how different this Twins organization is than it was even just two or three years ago, and they think that they have in some spots the players, and they just weren't getting everything out of those players in past years, and now they know how to get it out of those guys. And in a lot of cases, I've seen less than you guys. So it's a small sample size for me in terms of the eye test. But from what I've seen, in a lot of cases, like a Taylor Rogers and like some of the guys in that starting rotation, I see what the Twins see, and I think that there is something there to be tapped into and unlocked. But you haven't, because things are changing. 
So I, I would say that in some ways you come in with a fresh slate, which is almost a nice thing. I think we have preconceived notions about how guys are going to do based on previous usage. And now that's changed. And so the fact that you haven't seen a lot actually helps you. And that's the thing. We, a lot of our criticisms and or probably more concerns have been based on previous usage of guys and, oh my gosh, they can't do that. But a smart franchise now, especially in a game like baseball, which has changed so much, a smart franchise says, yeah, they can't do that, but they can do this. And that's why I guess my feelings about the bullpen haven't really changed because I'm just curious. And we need to see how how this, this plays out. But, yeah, if you put guys back in the same situations to which they were used and didn't succeed, then they're going to fail. But this is different. And that's where that's the one thing about baseball that's cool right now is so, so many roles, especially with a team like the Twins, are being changed that you have to sort of take what your preconceived notion was, especially of pitching at times, and put that aside because roles are being redefined. Yeah. Uh, who has uh, uh, Byron Buxton, by the way, for people who didn't see the game today, Byron Buxton came in, did pinch run. So he's alive. He crashed into a fence yeah. and we can talk more about that later. Yeah, but uh, but he did pinch run, stole second base, now has 30 consecutive steals. Without, he, last team he was caught stealing was two years ago. And uh, and he winds up scoring the decisive run. Who in the first five games has been the most impressive to you or the most like, wow, that's the. <laughs> That's that's the key figure. You know what I want to say. I, I, you know what I want to say. I think is, you should say it. Which is La Tortuga. Dude, I think you're right, though. dude. He is impressive. He's representative of what's happening. Here. He is really impressive. What he can do with the bat. I mean, he has a skill that has be. It's and this is a term that's become popular in baseball in the last few years. Bat to ball ability. Like it's he. It seems like the ball is slower going to the plate for Williams Astadio than it is for most hitters. And he can just put the bat on it and put it in play and seemingly put it in play where he wants to put it in play. And I really, I don't, for for what people thought he was when I got to Minnesota and and the expectations for him when I got here and started covering Twins baseball, I only knew him as like the novelty act that people outside Minnesota might know him as. Sure. This big dude with with crazy hair who has a flair to the game. And I, I thought that was a lot of what he was. And even when I got here, I got the sense that that's what a lot of folks around here thought he was. But what I've seen of Williams Astadio and and the numbers that I saw in the Venezuelan League over the winter, this is a this guy is is legit. And I think it's only and I don't know if this is just my fandom and 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 my affinity for the guy that's talking here, but I feel like it's only a matter of time before he's going to force them to find somehow some way to get him on the field almost every day yeah with that bat like he's he really is representative of what they're doing here he's he's personality he's kind of a i don't know if a reclamation project is right because he was always a good hitter in the minor leagues but just kind of a guy that they find or a guy that they feel like they can fine-tune a little bit well, and he's what caught played third and and i think they moved him from third to the outfield today right did they move him to the outfield today? i think they yeah. did yeah uh, Just to, to in case a home run needed robbing in the ninth go, inning, I'm gonna go super geek with with this because it was one pitch today, but it's representative of something that if if they've changed this and can accomplish what they want, it's going to be a huge change. Garver can hit, right? We, we all know that he can hit. Uh, late in today's game, though, 
he framed a pitch perfectly. And in fact, I would argue fooled the umpire. He fooled the umpire. (laughs) And it's this new thing that they've got him. He's out of the crouch and he's down on one knee, right? And, and, And so it gives the umpire a better view of the strike zone and the ball. So the pitch hit the outside, the very outside of the strike zone, right? Garver took it on the edge and slightly moved it. Slightly moved it. Got a called strike. <laughs> and now to Rami, this he might be like, okay, so yeah, that's pitch framing 2019. Ump tricking. But but ump tricking by this guy last year never happened. Yeah. He was a was, defensive liability. That was something they put an emphasis on in spring training. They, they completely did. changed the way that catchers receive and frame and 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 set up for so that it's easier for umpires to call strikes. Uh, plenty of twins optimism here in the first segment. I just gave you pitch framing on one Dude, pitch. That was that was deep. Mm. Like that. So There's we're in a lot of really good geeky baseball talk on these airwaves today, yeah, and well, I've enjoyed it. The Scorner Twin Show. Mm-hmm. And now, now the Judd's a part of that on Wednesdays too. Mm-hmm. He gets to soak in the geekdom. That was great. Yeah. Was so we, uh, you guys can chime in in two ways during our show six five one six four six eight two five five. Well, I guess more than two ways. If you want to tweet at us. At Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. And uh, also, you can comment on our Twitch feed. We're hanging out on twitch.tv slash score north until 6 o'clock. When we come back, one of our favorites, Jason Stark, makes his return to the show. And my sources say he brought trivia to the table, Ooh. too. So we're going to dive oh. into some Jason Stark trivia. Nice. He did text earlier that he is, uh, he's looking into buying some, uh, some Target Field World Series outerwear, just in case this... This twins thing is for real here. Uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here to make sure that we're all driving safe, keeping ourselves safe on the road, and keeping other people safe on the road. The human brain is incapable of focusing on two tasks at one time. So if you're trying to find the twin score or Williams Astadio's batting average while you're driving or scroll through Twitter, whatever it is, eh, it's a bad idea. I think we all know that, but I think sometimes we overestimate our ability to multitask. Here are some facts on distracted driving from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that might surprise you. 391,000 people were injured in accidents involving distracted drivers in 2015. And cell phones aren't, I mean, that's the most talked about distraction on the road, but there's all kinds of other things that break our concentration. So let's make reaching the destination safely the number one priority when driving federated insurance it's our business to protect yours hey it's easy to listen to score north on 1500 on your amazon alexa device just say alexa open score north judd awesome alexa fire a coach no 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 no. it's alexa trade everybody judd no it's alexa open score north alexa more hockey i want more hockey just say alexa open score north and you can listen to score north on 1500 alexa open score north Score North, Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. This is fantastic. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Jason Stark, welcome. It's now the Mackie and Judd with Rami show. We want to introduce you to uh, a fellow baseball nerd, Rami Makloff. We we stole him from the fan in Milwaukee talking about those plucky brewers, and now he's uh, he's on our show every day. So, Way to go, Rami. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Great to talk to you, man. Likewise. So, uh... 
it's it's five games, but I mean the Twins are four and one, clearly in command of the division. Should we and start planning the parade? Is what Phil is about to ask you. <laughs> I told that to Jason earlier today, and he's already buying uh, outerwear for Target Field in October. <laughs> yeah, my question is, how much outerwear am I going to need in Target Field the last week of October? Funny thing is, we don't know yet. It's, been, it's been around for suit. ten years, and we don't know yet. Snowmobile suit, come equipped, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know. Like, what would, I mean, even if there was, say, like, Indian summer, what would uh, late October Indian summer be in Minnesota? Like, maybe high 40s, low 50s, if we're lucky? Uh, but, yeah, that'd be during the daytime. Right. No, at okay, night, we're talking so. 30s. Yeah, no, you're going to want to have one of those, like, full blue man group outfits <laughs> that you saw some of the guys <laughs> on the Brewers wearing a couple nights ago. Okay. <laughs> so not just a coat. I need to be painted. Yes. Call the okay. call the twins right now and say, press box windows, close Dustin, and, and I'm sure if Jason Stark says it, it's going to happen. Just make sure the press box is closed up and, and you'll be fine. Yeah, okay. Good luck on that. <laughs> so, I mean, the Twins the twins made some interesting off-season moves. Nelson Cruz has already just... The, the amount of pro-at-bats we've seen from him in the last yeah. five games. And, uh, and you know, Jonathan Scope under the radar. The, the lineup, Marwin Gonzalez takes clutch at-bats. The lineup looks pro the first five games. What are your just general Twins impressions here, Jason? Yeah, I should, I should say that I have not seen them in person yet. I had kind of a funny, abbreviated spring, working on some special stuff. So I never got to see them. I am looking forward to seeing them uh, in Philadelphia this weekend where I live. But I can tell you, when I saw Alex Cora, the Red Sox manager this spring, just about the first thing he said to me was, the Twins are good. He said, I don't know how good, but they're better than people think. And when I asked him if he... I, if he thought that they had done enough to pass the Indians, he wasn't sure, hadn't seen the Indians yet. But, I, you know, you saw the Indians over the weekend. I think it's safe to say the Indians have taken a step back toward the pack. And I don't know who else in the division would catch them if the Twins didn't, right? And so 4-1, and one, no so no. Um, Marlin hasn't really hit. Kepler hadn't really hit. Scope, Rosario, they... None of those guys have hit the way you think they can potentially, and so I agree with you. This lineup theoretically should be a lot better. I I, I should say I love Nelson Cruz. He's kind of like the closest thing we've got now to Big Poppy. Is that is that a good comp? I mean, that the gives Twins fans a little bit of negative flashbacks. But that would be. <laughs> but if this was if this if this was the makeup for I'm Big Poppy. <laughs> the, one that, the, the one that actually gets to play for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's... So, I mean, he was signed, I think, equal parts to be a power hitter and a leader, and there's been rave reviews on, on both sides of, of the coin there so far. How much... Jason, how much of that stuff is is uh, a media narrative and maybe overplayed a little bit? Because I, I, for one, buy into it, especially in the sport of baseball, having guys like Nelson Cruz in your clubhouse and that having a, a tangible impact. Like like Phil said, last year I, I was in Milwaukee covering that Brewers team, and I, and I saw it firsthand with Lorenzo Cain and the effect that he had on that clubhouse and on that team as a whole. Is that, is that something that we overplay a little bit, or is that real when you get a veteran leader like that in a clubhouse? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think it's overplayed at all. And, you know, if, if you look around at what even the most data-driven teams do, 
they pay real attention to culture. You know, you know like think about the Astros, for example. I mean, that, that's a team. <laughs> I think it's safe to say they they know how to run a spreadsheet, right? But uh, when they finally got good, think of who was on their team. Um, the, the year they win the World Series, Carlos Beltran's on their team, even though he's at the end. Um, Brian McCann is on their team. Charlie Morton, they go out and get. What are those guys doing there? Uh, like they, they could still play and they could still help, but that's not all this was about. Um, I really believe that the very best and smartest organizations cultivate culture and I think that's what the twins have done with this move I, I can tell you that you know early in the offseason when there were a lot of questions about what the Mariners were up to and I remember talking to one of their guys and I asked if Nelson Cruz would be back and he said you know we we need to get younger and if we're going to get younger it's hard to justify him being back but I am sick at the thought of him not being on our team that's the word he used Speaking of good teams, Jason Stark, how good are are the Phils potentially here? Because obviously they're off to a, a good start in a short time period. But when you look at that team, how good do you think that club can be? Well, they did finally find a way to lose today, but um, it's, this is the best lineup in the National League. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, Andrew McCutcheon, Bryce Harper, Gene Segura. JT Real Muto are mammoth upgrades, uh, and the, the top five guys in their lineup now. So you know, you have that group and, and Reese Hoskins. They've been on base forty nine times in five games. Uh, that you just don't see that kind of relentless offense in the National League. And so then the question is going to be, how well are they going to pitch? Um, you know, dis, dis, despite how well they've played and some of the issues that the that the Nationals and Braves have had so far. I don't see much to separate those three teams in the Mets. That could, that's like a four-way tie. Whoever's healthiest, whoever's luckiest, whoever makes the best deal, um, that's the team that's going to win the National League East. Uh, you know, if, and my personal checklist for what baseball needs includes superstars, storylines, and fun-slash-entertainment. And I yeah. think last night's Phillies game against Washington probably checked all those boxes with Bryce Harper and the Bryce Harper versus National storyline, and then Bryce Harper flipping his bat 50 feet in the air after hitting a home <laughs> run against the Nationals. That was an event. That wasn't a baseball game. That was an event with a capital E, capital V, capital E, and T. And, you know, for all the people who have wondered what all the buzzing was about, with Bryce Harper last night defined it. It defined him. I, I don't know exactly how you explain this, but he's one of the most magnetic baseball players in a really long time. Uh, he you know, he just plays with a passion. He and you know he's a good fit for the passion of Philadelphia. But last night, I think was about what stars are supposed to be. Stars rise to the moment. And he owned that moment. <laughs> start, I don't know about start to finish since he, uh, he got booed during introductions and struck out <laughs> twice against Max Scherzer, but uh, he never said a negative word about all the booing. 
but I think the bat flip said all he needed to say. Talking with Jason Stark of uh, The Athletic and Stadium TV here on Mackey and Judd. With Rami, do you think baseball can can follow the NBA's lead and and drum up some of that drama that the NBA seemingly is able to drum up on a regular basis? Because in today's day and age, with with social media and and everybody wanting satisfaction and wanting it now, it seems like that stuff drives the success of a a sports league as much as anything else does. Jason, I mean the the, the, yeah. the thing most people talk about when it comes to the NBA. Is stuff that happens off the court, player movement and feuds and and pettiness. How does baseball incorporate some of this stuff so that they can start winning over some of the younger audience that Rob Manford wants so badly? Yeah, well, Judd, I'm sure you know this is one of my favorite topics. And uh, the NBA has done the best job of any sport of uh, cultivating star power and riding star power to what they are right now. It's a, it's a star-driven society. They're a star-driven league. Baseball, <laughs> I think in theory they know they have to do that, but it's, it's been a long, slow, hard climb to get to that place, and a lot of people still aren't on board. I, but I would call your attention to the Let the Kids Play commercials. Yeah, you know the one from last October, the one that's that's hit the last couple of weeks. Um, I, to me, that's culture changing. That's announcing to the world we think fun is okay. We think <laughs> personality is okay. We think they're way better than the usual cliches that we usually ask for from you guys. And I, I hope now that they don't just talk the talk, but they walk the walk. Right, that like Bryce Harper hits a a huge home run on Sunday Night Baseball. Reese Hoskins get drilled underneath the chin, and is that because that the Phillies now do all these dances and handshakes? And if if that's what this is, if that's what that was about, then they didn't get the let the kids play memo. Another thing, Jason, when, when we talk about the popularity of baseball, especially amongst young people, one of the complaints that I hear more often than anything are the blackout restrictions and how hard baseball makes it to share and, and essentially market their content for them, which the NBA does a great job of in terms of letting their fans spread the content for them. And therefore, even though they're not making money off those tweets, the, the popularity of the game is growing. Do you know if there have been any discussions? Because all we hear about is is rules to change the game and three-pitcher minimums and, and everything else, the DH being universal. Are there any talks about loosening up some of these restrictions and making the content more available, to, especially to younger generations that are cutting the cord from cable and satellite, etc.? Yeah, that's an, that's really another great point and another great question. Um, you know, they've they've done a lot of work with players in the last year to get them more engaged on social media because they they recognize that you know when NBA players have ten times the Twitter followers or the Instagram followers of your average baseball player, that's a thing. It's something they have to deal with. And so I know that they've created a site, uh, an, I'm sorry, an app for players where they feed them um, uh, some 
recent photos and videos of themselves in action and encourage them to share it and post it and get involved in it. But in terms of fans sharing this uh, this content that they, you would find on MLB Advanced Media, uh, that's still an issue. It's all evolving, but I would say on the list of stuff that they're worried about, it's probably not high enough. Why are so many good young players signing huge long-term de- deals since Trout, Jason? This has been incredible, huh? Something's I mean, going on. I don't know. $2 billion yeah. dollars yes. worth of extensions. Yes. $2 billion just since the start of spring training. And I, I think it's a clear sign that players are now afraid of free agency. Free agency doesn't seem like a, a, a real attractive thing at all. Uh, players are clearly concerned about the prospect of labor Armageddon in a few years and looking for security that takes them beyond that. And, you know, I think the, 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 the teams are making it obvious. They w- want to pay players who are in their 20s, who are in their prime, not players in their 30s. We're saying there's plenty of money in the sport. Nobody wants to give it to Dallas Keuchel, though, right? And guys in their 30s. And so stars are getting paid, young guys are getting paid, and the slightly older players in the middle are almost getting squeezed out of the game. So it's still an issue. But it's an incredible development. Uh, Jason Stark from The Athletic is with us here. Mackie and Judd with Rami and the trivia coming shortly. But Byron Buxton, just I believe it was his 30th consecutive base over the last two years without being caught. And uh, Billy Hamilton played in this series. So you're, that might be the two fastest players in baseball here in 2019. Who, If you had a Mount Rushmore of speedy baseball players, Jason Stark, uh, the the fastest players you've ever seen with your own two eyes. Who else would make that list? Wow. Um, well, I, those two guys were on it. Um, I, I, the fastest guy that I ever personally covered was was Juan Samuel. Okay. I don't know how well you remember uh, the young Juan Samuel, but he had a year where he stole seventy two bases and had nineteen triples. The only players since 1900 who have done that are him and Ty Cobb, who oh. I did not cover. <laughs> so I would say he, he's did, on though. it. Uh, Jose Reyes, I would put on there. Um, I think I've got four if I count those two. But if I was going, you want me to get, come up with two more? Uh, Willie Wilson was insanely fast, amazing, and then. Uh, Vince Coleman stole 100 bases. Yeah. Couldn't outrun the tarp machine, but he he stole 100 bases. So I'll, I'll, I'll make him the fourth, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, so uh, one of our favorite things is when Jason makes us, it doesn't take much to make us sound like idiots, but mm-hmm. Jason brings trivia to the table Ooh, okay. on a regular basis to the show. So what do you got for us this time around? <laughs> can we have some game show music once upon a time? Here, let's crank, crank this. Can you, can you hear that? It's gone. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Like, I don't know if Wink Martindale could do a thing with, with that music, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> since, since Twins starting pitchers kicked off the season with two straight double-figure strikeout games, yeah. I thought I would wind the clock back to 1987, just because that's a fun year in, in Twins lore, and ask you guys this. 
Since 1987, only two Twins starters have had at least 10 double-figure strikeout games. You have to name those two. Okay. I think you probably could. Johan Santana. That's the yeah. first one. Yeah. I didn't think you'd be struggling with that one. 39 for Johan. Way more than anybody else. Okay. So 10 double-digit strikeout games. Hmm. I've got a real strong instinct on the other one. Are we do? Are we answering this as a team? I, as I think a we show? Should, I think okay. we should yeah. try to. Right. Yeah, we can talk this out. So we can talk it out like family feud. Yeah. Okay. So my gut says Liriano did it a bunch of times in 06 before his arm blew out, and then probably right. did it enough in like 2010 to be on this list. Liriano was the first name that popped into my head as I'm well. I'm trying to think back. Dad, do you have any other good Since ideas? 87, 88. What about Nick Blackburn? Uh, all, all the all the pitch to contact guys make my uh, my head spin. All right, let's go with that. Liriano. All right, Francisco Liriano. Yeah, good work. Yeah, yes. good work on the board. You know, I went back to '87 to tempt you, just to see if you if you might throw uh, Frankie Viola yeah. out there or Burt Blylevin or somebody like that. But no, it's Liriano had eleven. The the next three guys after those two. Eric Milton, Ooh. Viola. Yeah. Milton had eight. Viola had seven. Mm-hmm. And then we got a guy who's going to be an answer to this question real soon. Jose Badillo. Yeah, he'll be. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did Scott Diamond come close on that list? <laughs> Nor did Scott Baker, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> no. Poor Stark. Who's he comes or anybody? Yeah. What about, what about PJ Walters? Was he anywhere near there? There's a whole era of twins pitching now, there. If, if you had gone way in. back, Dave Goltz and Gary Serum and Jeff Zahn all would have qualified. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Jason. Yeah, we're not doing that. Hey, no. Robert Johnson would qualify if you really want to go far back. Yeah, and throw some asterisks out there. So the athletic, where else can people, for people who are new to the show, or just uh, tell people, tell our audience where they can find your work this season? <laughs> okay, well, the, the, the two main places to find me these days are in the athletic uh, where I'm working on the first useless information collection of 2019. And then MLB Network, uh, I'm in there every Friday on the MLB Central show, and then other assorted programming throughout the day. So that, that'd be the two main places right now. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. We'll talk again next week. See you, Jason. Yeah, fun to talk to you guys again. Thanks. Thanks, right. Jason. Jason Stark from MLB Network and The Athletic. It's fun. He's really good. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Really, really good. Yeah, he's been. This is. I think this is the third year of him on our show now, too. And he's, at least, yeah. Yep. So, I was gonna. I was. I had a bone to pick with Jason Stark for saying the 2006 World Series clincher for the Cardinals was the greatest baseball game he's ever witnessed. But I'll. I'll. I just. I let <laughs> yeah, it go. That's purely wait, personal, wait, wait, though. I let it go. That's purely personal. Yeah, but it, you're just biased against it. It's not fair. Well, yes, obviously. Right, but I mean that's not Cardinals, his problem. He's not problem. He doesn't Cardinals care about terrible. what you think. The Cardinals are ISIS of baseball. So yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just unbelievable. Oh, man. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota here. You know, you want to talk about a good clincher, okay? It's a it's a clincher that you should take your car to the service department that my family and I have been going to for 30-plus years on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And that's not all. My friends in that showroom area have some great deals, too, on the Tacoma, the Highlander, and the planet's most popular car right now, the RAV4. Right now, you can lease... A 2019 Tacoma Double Cab 4x4 with sport package for $369 a month, just $1,500 down. Highlanders, you can either get $1,750 rebates or 0.9% interest. You can also lease a 2019 RAV4 
for just $299 a month with only $1,500 down. $299 a month for the most popular car on the planet right now. Durability, it's an SUV that gives you the spaciousness of an SUV, but also the handling and the feel of a Camry Corolla type. So, again, $694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and ScoreNorth.com. We're going to be live at Dayblock Brewing from noon until 6 o'clock on Friday, hanging out, doing all of our shows. Score North Live will be there. We'll be there. Uh, so if, you wanna, if you're wandering around for NCAA tournament stuff, U.S. Bank Stadium, just come down a block or two and, and come hang out with us between noon and 6 o'clock. It's Christmas come early. If you guys saw ESPN.com today. I did see this. I want to mock. Mock. Yep. I want to mock. Mock. And it is mock season. Dude. Oh, like heavy mock. You can't about get to away hear, from mock. You're about to hear how mock it is. Yeah. Oh, Rami, boy. It's not actually mock season mm-hmm. until you get the Mel Kuyper Jr. Todd McShay dueling oh, mock no. draft. Dude, oh, we have my a God. dueling what? mock draft. Yes. This what? is where we get debate on SportsCenter. All day long debate now. This is where Todd McShay gives his thoughts, and Mel Kuyper oh, just goes, Todd, 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 Todd. <laughs> and then Mel Kuyper gives his takes, and Todd McShay looks directly into the camera and shakes his head disapprovingly the whole time. <laughs> by, That's by five the way, minutes of Sports Center every day from now until like three weeks from now. Just quickly, did, did you guys see the New York Post story today speculating on what Stephen A. Smith is going to get per year in his next contract? No. Financial terms? Is it so? Greeny, Greeny is the highest paid. It's like eight, right? It's like six and a half or seven. Okay. The projection is he is worth eight to ten million dollars a year. Yes, on ESPN, you damn right he is. That he's the most entertaining guy. Yeah. in media, and he's probably going to get ten. I love it. I think it's I think it's hilarious how many people hate Stephen A. Smith and how he like. I used think to about that. I used to. Good Dude, for him. Like he's he's an icon at this point. Like he's. he's like, if you look at him just strictly as an entertainer. He's our Howard Cosell. In really. a sense, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, he's going to be paid like it, too. Yeah. So, anyways, the dueling mock. Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay. This is where they go back and forth. Like, they they settle it in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, pace off ten steps. They turn around and show their first overall pick. What's the what's the mock gun? Uh, I, I think what it's just... What gets whipped out? I, well, careful. Careful, though. I think a pen... <laughs> That's a different show, Judd. I thought a cell phone. <laughs> just, just a phone? Okay. Uh, they both have Kyler Murray going number one overall the Arizona Cardinals. They both have Nick Bosa number two to the 49ers. And they both have the other Josh Allen going number three to... Actually, they're in lockstep with the Raiders, Quinn and Williams, Devin White. Well, this is no fun. Uh, they're both in lockstep on Dwayne Haskins, number six to the Giants, and Jawan Taylor. Are they just copying each other? They get to eight. We have the first differential here. And McShay has TJ Hawkinson going to the Lions. Montez Sweat. Is that how you pronounce it? Sweet? Sweat? Sweat. The DN from Mississippi State. And to the Minnesota Vikings, number 18 overall. Should we start with Kuiper or McShay? McShay. McShay has a guard from Boston College named Chris Lindstrom going to the Vikings. And Kuiper has, you guessed it, Alabama hog Molly Jonah Williams. I want to mock. Mock. I like it. I want to. Mock. You would have liked it if it was any offensive line with the first, first grade. No, round, first round did, grade, right? They, they each gave one. 
I'm on Team Mel here. Oh, you're on Team Mel. Okay. Yeah. Okay, right. Mel says about Jonah Williams, it doesn't matter if Williams ends up at guard or tackle. He'd help Minnesota either spot. McShay says, Todd, Todd, Todd. Wait, that's what Kuiper would have said. <laughs> I get him confused. Uh, McShay says about Chris Lindstrom, I would have liked a defensive tackle here to replace Sheldon Richardson, but Ed Oliver and Christian Wilkins are off of his board by this point. The Vikes added Josh Klein, but still need help protecting the quarterback at guard. Therefore, Chris Lindstrom. So, All right. There you go. I'm going Kuiper. Yeah, I'll go team all, Kuiper. I'm putting all my eggs in the Kuiper basket. I'll go team Kuiper too. Just just strictly on the fact that the guy is plays at Alabama and they just produce NFL football players. So I'm gonna go with Kuiper on this. Sorry, one. Todd. Sorry, Todd. But that wasn't the only mockage oh. that we had today. Oh. I wanna mock. Mock I want to mock. mock. Well, I'm gonna set this up. Jonathan's giddy over there right now. He's just like got this goofy <laughs> grin on his face. You guys are all excited Wait. about this. I'm real excited. So he comes down the hallway, peeks his head into my office today, and he goes, so I just did. I just traded. I'll let you tell them. But he, like, finagled the Wolves offseason through his NBA 2K season. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I'm still proud of this. So offseason starts. Okay. Lottery starts. Right. Wolves fall to number nine in the lottery, which kind of stinks. Hold on. You need some. You need yeah. some NFL films music behind you. <laughs> NFL films music. Because, of course, the NBA draft makes you think NFL breakdown. So I've got number nine. I'm like, ah, I need a better pick than that. So I trade Wiggins. Trade him to New York Knicks for the fourth overall pick in the draft. Hold on. Straight up? Straight up. Wiggins well, for the fourth pick or Wiggins well, at number nine for the fourth no, pick? Wiggins and a future first-round pick for the fourth overall pick. I love and it, this like, is not me such an amazing Knicks system. move Who to do that? this? I was going to say, I the know. Knicks... The computer, set, the computer proposed it, and the, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to deny you this. The Knicks are stupid. They ain't that stupid. <laughs> so is this a lesson that you should just, even if you think, well, no one's going to want Wiggins, that you should at least call the Knicks, Yeah, right? for sure. Let's try. Yeah. And why not? <laughs> Just start with the phone call to the Knicks and see what happens. So now I have the fourth overall pick and the number nine overall pick. Oh, boy. I still got to get rid of salary. So I get rid of Gorgie. Send him off to the L.A. Clippers for the 21st overall pick because they agreed to it. <laughs> You're executive of the year right Hold now, on. Jonathan. Are you running all these franchises no, and just am, trading with yourself? How are I, they agreeing to this? I am telling you the God's honest truth. I am only playing as the Timberwolves and letting the computer decide if it wants to do these trades so or not. So does NBA 2K just let any trade happen? Is there any no. sort of so process? what I did is I threw out the trade finder. I'm just like, hey, who wants Wiggins? And the New York Knicks came to me with this offer. I threw out Gorgie. Who wants Gorgie? The does, Clippers does, came in steamrolling with this offer. I'm like, I'm not going to turn you down. Does the NBA, like, do, do NBA GMs have some sort of a trade finder Slack group that they can be part of? <laughs> you just throw, is there, like, an Andrew Wiggins page you can start in so. NBA GM Although Slack? Although Andrew Wiggins page would be awfully quiet, yeah. I'd assume. <laughs> <laughs> So now in the first round, I have four, nine, and 21. Probably it's <laughs> <laughs> So you've gotten rid of Wiggins and you have the fourth overall pick yes. and number nine. Okay. And 21. Right. And, and 21. He's got three. That's right. so Dude, if the Wolves can pull this off. My first round goes John Morant, Cam Reddish, <laughs> and with the 21st overall pick, I pick Bull Bull because I wanted Manu Bull's kid. Right. Because he's 7'3 and just gigantic. I want a mock. But that's not where it ends, boys. Oh, there's more. Free oh, there's agency more. is more. around the corner. Oh, free agency. Oh, here we go. Okay. I forgot about free agency. Jeff Teague accepts his offer or, you know, picks up his contract extension. I'm like, ah, I can't have that contract on my books. So I trade him off to Dallas. For a future first round pick, of course. Yes. Are you kidding me? I was being sarcastic. (laughs) And Mark Cuban. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Boner swap as well. So now I have a ton of money to spend in. So now Kawhi Leonard is on the team. Wow. Wow. You can just go ahead and give me that NBA. Do you think? 
Sometimes Glenn I Taylor, Glenn Taylor needs to hire you right now. That's what I'm telling you, man. <laughs> you are Jerry West of NBA so, 2K. Let's go through the starting five though, now, though, real quick. So it'd be Tyus Jones at point guard, right? Because oh, you didn't. John Morant. Oh yeah, that's right. You got. You John, I forgot John about John Morant. Your shooting guard is Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Small forward is Kawhi Leonard. Your starting four or power forward is Dario Saric, and you have Carl Anthony Towns at center. And then Bol Bol off the bench. Yes. And you still have Robert Covington coming off the bench. Tyus Jones coming off the bench. Josh Kogi coming off the bench. And it's a hell of a squad you put together. It's pretty That's good, That's one man. heck of a fun Timberwolves team. Can, can we make this a thing? Can we make this a weekly segment where Jonathan sims stuff? <laughs> Absolutely. On his video can games you, and tells us what happened? Can you sim this again? Or is, is this like a, is this already happened now, and so you can't sim this again? I can create as many franchises as I want. Okay. We, we can just keep doing this. <laughs> I want you to, yeah, this should be a weekly thing until the Timberwolves, until the lottery like and the it. draft. Yeah. Because we can at least uh, live vicariously through if they were a well-run organization. <laughs> this is what it would be uh, like. Jonathan Harrison we had control. We can do expansion drafts. We can create a new team and see what pops up. We can do everything. I'm astounded that you made all, all these moves and they actually worked. In and the sim, And the Sim allowed them. Sim proposed them. Yeah, the Sim not only allowed them, but proposed them. They came steaming you in might. with these offers. I'm like, oh, that's okay. a Western Conference finalist, damn near, right? It is. Yeah, we yeah. can, we can dream. That's a contender. From, yeah, it turned me into a contender. That's a con- dude, putting quick. Kawhi and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team, you're, forget the Western Conference. You're instantly a championship contender. Kevin Durant's going to be mad he rejected my contract offer. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he wind up? Wow. In New York, uh, in New York with State. Wiggins? Oh, okay. But uh, if you're wondering, Jimmy Butler ended up in Atlanta. Sucker. Oh, wow. Music. He lost the musical chairs game with free agency. Uh, let's let's. You guys dove into on the Scorner Twin Show today. Byron Buxton just auto crashing into walls all the time. Yeah. Let's get back into that here on the show. On the other side here, and also we can a uh, little, little split segment here because we have to put the Wild to bed. The Wild season is officially over now. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North, and uh, it is uh, it's prime college basketball season here in the Twin Cities. TCL is putting on an awesome event this upcoming Saturday night. TCL and Score North are uh, part of the grand opening of the TCL Esports Lounge at Top Golf. And it's a full night of basketball. Watching the games, you can play uh, golf at uh, at Top Golf, benefiting the Ronald McDonald House. Your ticket gets you exclusive access to the TCL Esports Lounge, drinks, complimentary open golf, video game play, and more. You'll also play alongside some of Minnesota's top athletes like Wolves player uh, Josh Akogi, unless Jonathan traded him in the sim. I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe they can get Kawhi nope, in here. He's still on the team. Okay, Hall of Famer and former Viking John Randall, and uh, also former Twins player Corey Koski are going to be in the house. Silent auction items include a ton of Wolves memorabilia, a 65 inch TCL TV. So much fun happening this Saturday night, April 6th, with TCL and Score North at Top Golf. Limited tickets available. Details online. At TCLUSA.com slash mad party. TCLUSA.com slash mad party or scorenorth.com keyword TCL.